My name is Nicholas Haskins, and over the past 40 years, I have fallen in love with creating in my kitchen. I'm not a chef, I'm just a guy who loves cooking from scratch with fresh ingredients and trying to spread some positive energy in the world. Join me on my culinary journey inside the kitchen and out as I explore the ups and downs of cooking, baking, and living. Welcome to Nikolai's Kitchen. Welcome, willkommen, Hüschgelden is everyone to season two of Nikolai's Kitchen. Thank you so, so, so much for joining me on this very special day and a very, very happy Memorial Day to everyone celebrating in the States. If you're listening to this on release day and a very special shout out and thank you to all of those who have served, especially my own father and sister. Thank you so, so much. You might notice the intro is a little bit different there, and that's because, well, you might not be listening to this in the morning, so I feel like welcome. The first word I want you to hear when you join me on Nikolai's Kitchen is welcome. Welcome to this journey. My name is Nick Haskins, and this is all about my journey of positivity inside the kitchen and out. My culinary journey of building things and making things from scratch, sometimes following recipes, other times, most of the time, almost all of the time, venturing off on my own and trying to do something a little bit different. I'm so, so glad that you're here and make sure that if you're enjoying the content and make sure that if you're getting ready and you want to hear all of the stuff that I release, quick bites and everything else, make sure you subscribe to this on the podcatcher of your choice. Season two of Nikolai's Kitchen is going to look a little bit different than season one did because I used to bury all the positivity stuff in the back half of the first segment. That is not going to be the case this season because I want the first thing you hear whenever you're tuning into this, wherever you are, whether it's a year from when I'm recording it or whatever, I want the first thing you hear to be a quote, something positive to get your week started off in the right direction. And this week's quote is from Zig Ziglar and it's positive thinking will let you do everything better than negative thinking will. I've talked about this previously where I realigned my perspective. I realigned my life. I decided to start taking a look at things a lot differently than I had a couple of years ago after some big life-changing events. I was in a very dark and a very negative place in my life and I know so, so many people go through those moments and I still have darker moments myself but I try so hard to do at least one thing every day to try to build somebody else up even if it's just as simple as sharing a post on social media which make sure you're following the show on social media Facebook Instagram and Twitter because I do share out positive things as often as I can but I just try to put something out there to try to make a positive difference in the world, to try to brighten the world just a little bit. Because I want to offer a little bit of brightness, a little bit of positivity, and a little bit of hope for everybody that might be listening to this whenever you are, wherever you are. It's not that you can't think negatively, and it's not that we all don't sometimes, because we definitely do. It's hard out there. Life can be really, really hard. 
but it's only going to be harder if you look at yourself in the mirror and if you beat yourself up for what's going on in your life. Sometimes you're in a dark headspace. Sometimes maybe you'll just get thrown off by something that's going on in the world or in your personal life or whatever. But the worst thing that you can do is compound upon that and beat yourself up and drag yourself into a negative place and especially to drag yourself into a place where you think that you don't matter to the world because I promise you, you do. I promise you that you mean so, so much to this world. And if you're somebody who is listening to this, you have made such an incredible impact on at least one life and that's mine. And even though you may not know me and I may not know you, and even though you may have never reached out to me on social media or anything like that, know that you have made my life invaluably better just by seeing a download number next to this episode when I look it up on Podbean. You are amazing and you change my life every day just by tuning into this. So do yourself a favor, go out there. If you're struggling, if you're dragging yourself through right now, take a few moments and just breathe focus on your breath and out let it all go let it all fade away let it all disappear just do that for just a few moments let the world go quiet black out all of the noise all of the distractions refocus yourself and move forward and remind yourself that no matter what you can do this and remind yourself that no matter what you can make a positive impact in this world and that today is your day and sometimes you might get to the end of a day and you might look at the net sum of it and be like, oh man, today was a tough day or I had some really rough thoughts today or my mind went to some dark places today. Tomorrow is a new day. Get up in the morning and just take a deep breath. Just You have air in your lungs. You have love. You have life. You have the greatest gift that you could possibly get. Go out there and make the absolute best of it because you're an absolute legend and I know that you can. Another thing that I'm going to do a little bit differently in this season of Nikolai's Kitchen is I want to focus on a podcaster. I want to just shout out and link down in the show notes a podcaster who makes a positive difference in my life. Somebody that I connect with either on social media or whatever, or, you know, somebody show who I listen to that I think you guys should check out as well. And in the premiere of season two, I want to shout out M of Verbal Diorama. Verbal Diorama is an amazing show where she breaks down the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. And it's a wonderful, fantastic little show where she will just kind of break down all of the nuances of movies, even if she isn't the biggest fan of them, although she does really celebrate movies that she's a fan of. But it's such a 
kind of warming and, and positive celebration of film, even when it's not something that you're really, really fond of, you can kind of still take away some appreciation for the work that went into it. Like I've listened to episodes that she's done on films that I am not the biggest fan of, and I still come away with at least some modicum of, of respect or understanding for that process because I love filmmaking as a process. So if you are someone that loves movies and if you just love just positive, amazing personalities, and she also does a lot to celebrate women in film, which I think is something that is hugely important. You know, I used to be on a film podcast, Epic Film Guys. I still pop in there occasionally. We won't pretend like I don't. I, we've always, always championed those who are underrepresented, especially in film and women in film are definitely very underrepresented. So it's wonderful to hear shows like M's that really, really do focus on that. So make sure you check out verbal diorama. One last thing to shout out here, ladies and gentlemen, the live stream for The Cure. Now, if you listen to this as part of the feature that was on Podbean, thank you, Shannon and Podbean, for featuring this show in the Podbean app on the week of live stream for The Cure. Helped immeasurably. I got such a huge boost. And if you're here from that, welcome. If you're a new listener, if you just found this just for the first time, welcome. That's, again, why I want the first word at the opening of every single show now to be welcome. You are so, so welcome here, and I appreciate and love you so, so much. But we, over May 19th through the 23rd, myself, as well as podcast partners and content creators from around the world, set a goal of $15,000 for the Cancer Research Institute, which we absolutely obliterated. $19,054.20 was the grand total. There are still probably a couple of late donations that are going to swing in. So that total is probably going to change just a little bit, but we absolutely smashed the goal. We absolutely crushed it. And I'm so, so grateful to every single person who tuned in, whether you could donate or not. Every single person who was active in the chat, who shared it, who hosted it on Twitch, and especially a huge, huge shout out to everybody that donated to live stream for the cure. You are an absolute legend. Thank you so much. We made such a huge difference in this fight against cancer for cancer immunotherapy. And I believe that we're one step closer to a world without cancer. And that's just amazing. Thank you so, so much to everybody that supported the event from any level. You are incredible. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to talk about the food. I love food so, so much. Food is my greatest form of expression and creativity. For Livestream for the Cure, I planned a, an enormous menu. A really expensive menu, too. I spent a fortune on, on groceries for this thing. And then we get to, like, I don't know, I think it was, like, Friday... And we had all this stuff planned for Saturday that we were going to order out subs from Wegmans. And I was going to make Parmesan crusted chicken with angel hair pasta and a lemon Parmesan cream sauce. The season finale of season one. Go back and listen to that if you haven't because it's an amazing recipe. I was going to make homemade bread in there. All this different stuff. And Rebecca and I kind of sat and we looked in the fridge, which was literally exploding with food. We're like, uh, we don't need to get any more food. We don't need to prep literally anything else because I had made all these different appetizers. I had made crab rangoons, 
that we prepared and then they sat in the fridge for a couple of days because we just literally never, number one, never had time to make them. And then number two, like I made such big filling dinners, like I made lasagna, I made these giant ribeye steaks out on the grill. I grilled a bunch of peppers, a habaneros, serranos, and jalapenos in Speedy Marinade. I also grilled uh, Speedies in Speedy Marinade as well as, you know, sweet peppers and onions, all that stuff. All the dinners I made were so filling we barely even touched any of the appetizers and any of the snacks and salsas and all that kind of stuff that I made. So we had so much food. We just completely threw the rest of the menu for the weekend right out the door. We still had taco lasagna that she made on Sunday, which was fantastic. I always love it when she makes that taco lasagna. But sat yeah, Saturday, we jettisoned the entire thing. And we're still like even I am recording this on May 28th. It is a Friday, so live stream for the cure ended quite a few days ago at this point, still eating leftovers. We are actually still planning, like I still have chicken stock, which I brought for no reason whatsoever, because I was going to make pasta, not risotto, but I'm going to make risotto, but we're actually making the Parmesan crusted chicken tonight. Like... <laughs> It's like almost a week later. Like that's how much extra stuff that we've had in the house that we've just kind of been knocking our way through. I was going to make macaroni and cheese as an appetizer. Just like make a crock pot of it and just have it sitting around for people to have. I just made that for dinner two nights ago. Like Dan and Gerald, I already took them back to the airport like Monday. You know, so next year uh, I have, you know, asked her to please, you know, bat, bat, bat me around a little bit if I decide... <laughs> can get a little extra and try to pack the fridge full of too much fruit because it was, I mean, it was just insanity. I think, and I've always had this dream for live stream for the cure to kind of just have this massive event where I have a bunch of people and we wouldn't be able to have it here, but like to have a place where I could just have all these people descend upon the location and we would all get together. And we would, you know, I would make these huge meals for like all these different people. We'd have all these different live segments with different guests, all their different things. Like, it's a, such a dream of mine to be able to have like this huge space to do that. But obviously that's not the reality of, of life right now. Like, you know, it would need like its own venue, basically. Like we can't have it in someone's home because there would be too many people and it would just disrupt everything. Plus, you know, we are still in the midst of a pandemic. I know vaccines are rolling out there and everything. And, you know, CDC guidelines are changing and things are opening back up, which is wonderful. But even still, it is tough to travel still to some places and, you know, we get a lot of international people that are part of live stream for the cure, and that would be tougher for them. So, you know, it's just one of those things where it's a dream. But I think that's what was in my head when I was planning this insane menu. Just absolutely nuts. But I did make the crab rangoons air fried. You know, I, I did a little bowl of canola oil, just dunked them in there, took them out, air fried them. Absolutely fantastic. I made this sweet chili sauce that was incredibly gingery. I might have added way more ginger than the recipe called for. M maybe. Possibly. There was this watermelon feta salad, and I'll actually link to that down in the show notes because that was a recipe that I found online. And, uh, you know, I changed the amounts of a couple of different things, and it was actually part of the spice challenge. Bravado Spice does a serrano basil hot sauce, and I did the watermelon salad with feta cheese and basil, red onion, things like that. And then you make like this little lime vinaigrette that you drizzle over it, which I made separately. So that way we didn't have to pour it all over it all at once. But then I added that serrano hot sauce and serrano peppers for the spice challenge. Fantastic. 
I'll make sure I link to that down below because it turned out wonderful. I made chocolate cupcakes based on Ann Reardon's chocolate cake recipe. Not they, they didn't turn out like 100% the best. They could have been a little bit fluffier. I probably overworked the batter and I 100% overfilled the cupcake cups. I have not made cupcakes in an eternity. I could not tell you the last time I made them. But I also made homemade buttercream frosting, also from Ann Reardon. Please check out how to cook that. I'll also link her YouTube channel down in the show notes because her YouTube channel is absolutely amazing. But her buttercream frosting recipe is to die for. And I loved making the raspberry variation of that. It was just so, so you get like a little bit of tartness and that sweet fruitiness of the raspberry. And then you just get that just decadent melt in your mouth buttercream icing. Oh, just so, so good. I also made a buffalo chicken wing dip that we actually did as the final level. So when we hit $15,000, I had last dab chicken wing dip. So this is made with Hot Ones, the last dab triple X. If you're familiar with the YouTube show Hot Ones, Sean Evans interviews celebrities while they eat 10 progressively hotter wings. Well, the last dab triple X is like 2.3 million Scoville or something obscene like that. I used it in a buffalo chicken wing dip. So I made a huge portion of buffalo chicken wing dip and I portioned out two, three cup portions or so into their own little baking dishes. And I added a pretty healthy amount of the last dab to each one of them. And then, you know, as they do on the show, you know, when you eat that last wing, you put a little last dab, you put an extra dab of it on the wing. Well, when Dan and I, you know, cracked out the chips and got them ready, when we hit that goal, dipped it in the actual dip, which I already had it in there, and then added a little bit extra on top. Not going to lie. And I mean, it's it's hot. I won't pretend that it's not hot, but it's fantastically flavored. Like, it gets a little bit much when you're just eating, eating, eating it, like because it's so hot and the heat kind of hangs with you, but it's so, so flavorful. So if you're a fan of hot sauces, if you're a fan of hot food, make sure you check out The Last Stab. It's I mean, a little is going to go a long way if you don't have a palate that really enjoys spice. I kind of ate a lot of spicy food in like the week or two ahead of live stream to kind of prepare my palate for it. And like I said, I chucked like whole habaneros into speedy marinade and then grilled them over charcoal with the speedies. And then Dan and I were having those as well. Oh, I mean, hot, but so good. Like just stupid kinds of good. <laughs> they, were, they were just absolutely incredible. I made a wing sauce with sriracha and then Bravado Spice does a jalapeno apple hot sauce. Fantastic flavor. Bravado Spice does some amazing hot sauces. I actually hadn't even gotten the chance to break out their ghost pepper blueberry. I still want to use that for something. I don't know what though, but I'll have to figure something out for that. Definitely some kind of chicken because I've definitely used blueberry, you know, with chicken in the past because it kind of plays really, really well with it. Cause blueberry, if it's like fresh blueberry, anyway, if don't buy like blueberry pie filling and pour it on a chicken breast, please, please, please don't do that. But like blueberry, I've actually had it. And like, I had it, it was on a date ages, years and years and years ago. Uh, it was like, I had one date with a person and that was what she ate at a restaurant. It was chicken covered with this blueberry reduction. And it just, I, I just remember it being really, really good. You can mix balsamic in there and kind of get a lot of different contrasting flavors in there. But uh, just, it, it was absolutely amazing. All of the food for Livestream for the Cure turned out kind of beyond my wildest expectations, given all of the other things we had going on, given all of the other pressures of the event. And the fact that we literally from Wednesday at 4 p.m. when the event kicked off until Sunday at 4 p.m. when it ended, 
we were pretty much just go, 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 go. If we weren't sleeping or if I wasn't driving to the airport, like we were live and we were just trying to get money, you know? And, and it, I mean, realistically, like everything turned out way, way better than it should have, I think. <laughs> we have reached the first break. We have reached the end of the first segment. And I have no idea what you're going to hear after this because I haven't cooked whatever I'm going to do the breakdown on. <laughs> It's coming in the next segment. I really, really got to get on that. But you'll have a full breakdown. Again, barbecue special Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. I hope that you're out there. I hope that you got those grills fired up. Get that charcoal lit. Use a chimney. Please don't use lighter fluid. Nobody wants lighter fluid food. Or, you know, maybe you only have a little baby tabletop gas grill, which is what I have rocked and survived with for ages. And I finally have a big, beautiful grill that does both. I have a charcoal side and a propane side, and I absolutely love it. So I'm going to talk about some different things that I love to barbecue, and we're going to break something down right after this. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for hanging out in Nikolai's Kitchen. I appreciate your support so much. If you enjoy the content on the show, please make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the show a five-star review. This summer, the Patreon rewards box is Speedy Marinade. I've been making my Speedy Marinade for decades at this point. I can't wait to get it out there to my patrons. A number of them are big fans of it. And one lucky person who leaves me five-star review and rating is going to get entered to win a rewards box and sent to you easy peasy. It's just that simple. So please make sure if you like the content, head over there and support it. And you could win. I'm also going to be giving away some live stream for the cure t-shirts. So make sure you head over there, leave a review, and I'll be giving those away sometime later in the summer. It's time to talk about grilling, ladies and gentlemen, and me and Rebecca, we just bought an amazing grill. It is part charcoal grill and part gas grill because I'm of two minds on the subject of grills. I love charcoal more than anything. Charcoal is by far my favorite. I love that amazing smokiness that you get in there. If you buy a charcoal grill, do yourself a favor and also find yourself a chimney to light the charcoal. You dump all the charcoal in it, you stuff some paper and whatnot into the bottom of it, and then you light it with a lighter and the updraft 
goes up through the chimney and lights all their charcoal so you don't have to use lighter fluid you don't have to have that you know nasty lighter fluidy chemically taste on your food and you just get that amazing amazing smokiness from the charcoal please try it out i promise you'll love it i love charcoal the best but sometimes it's a fuss to deal with charcoal and you know then you can't really cover the grill you gotta wait for the charcoal to cool all the way down before you can cover it or anything gas however is much much easier to kind of just light get it up to temperature cook what you need and then boom turn it off cools down pretty quickly and then you can cover it and be done with it so it depends on what i'm making and it depends on exactly you know the circumstances but i really really love that we went out and we got a grill that is both i just it, it it's so versatile and this past weekend, Memorial Day weekend, happy Memorial Day to everybody in the States that's celebrating. And thank you so much again to all of those who have served. But this weekend, I grilled some speedies. I grilled some peppers and onions. I just basically bought some mini sweet peppers and some jalapenos, brushed them with my speedy marinade, skewered them with some bamboo skewers and just chucked them right on. I did the speedies and I did the veg over charcoal. And then I grilled the recipe that I'm going to be breaking down for you, brined sweet corn over gas. And let me tell you, I mean, I love corn on the cob. Nothing quite says summer. Nothing quite says barbecues like corn on the cob. Are you a corn on the cob fan? Like even if you, you know, like to have it cut off of the cob. And I still had, I talked about this ages ago when I made Mexican street corn. But I still had, because I had made a skirt steak for Rebecca's birthday dinner, I had some Mexican street corn sauce left over. And that stuff, if you drench it over corn on the cob, nice hot corn on the cob, uh, amazingly beautiful, tangy. You've got like citrusy elements in there from lime. You've got cilantro rocking and rolling in there. And then the cojita cheese, uh, just perfection. But I actually did some reading on a few different websites because I've never actually grilled corn before. And this was actually the second time that I had done so. And just doing some reading and doing some research, uh, I read, you know, there's again, there's two schools of thought on grilling corn. I'm going to apply to both schools because I love both methods. You can either grill the corn all in the husk and just be done with it, or you can grill it out of the husk and just have it, you know, nicely caramelized. I suggest you do both because you kind of get the best of both worlds. It gets nicely steamed inside of the husk and then you shuck it, chuck it back over the heat, and then you kind of caramelize those sugars inside the corn. So this is what I did. I brined it and I didn't get to do it for 24 hours, but I would definitely recommend doing it for 24 hours. Just brine it in the husk. I did five years of sweet corn and for that you're going to need about a gallon of water. You're going to need a big stock pot that you can fit all that in. You're going to need about five tablespoons of salt, four tablespoons of black pepper, two tablespoons of chipotle pepper, one onion quartered, and 20 cloves of garlic. And really, I mean, I talked about brines before when I talked about doing it for Thanksgiving turkey. This is the same kind of thing if you have anything else that you might want to chuck in here, maybe some sage. You know, maybe if you're having some chicken, you know, you throw like some sage or whatever. Or maybe if you're having steak, you could throw some rosemary, some thyme in there. A lot of different elements are really, really going to work and are going to perfume this really, really nicely. So chuck everything you want into this stock pot, put it on the stove, bring it to a boil. All you need to do is let this boil for a few minutes and remove it and let it cool completely. Then you're going to take your ears of corn again, leave them in the husk and just chuck them in there. Refrigerate that for 24 hours and you are ready to rock and roll. 
Now for corn, I heated up my gas grill to 450 degrees. That's roughly medium. I have a three burner grill. I mean, I know all grills are different, but I got it up to about 450 degrees. And then you just chuck the corn husk and all right over the heat for about eight to 10 minutes. You're going to turn it a couple of times until it's nicely charred on all sides. The husk is going to get nicely charred. You're not burning the corn or anything like that inside because it's pretty well protected inside of the husk, but it's going to get pretty charred. Okay. And I have a really nice pair of barbecue gloves that Rebecca's dad and mom got for us. Which Thank you so, so much, Steve and Eileen. That's amazing. But yeah, they got us like this whole little set of barbecue stuff for when we bought the grill. And I just took the corn in hand. I shucked it right there, right outside by the grill. I actually still had the pot out there that I had brought them out in that I had brined them in. And I chucked, you know, the spare husk all into the pot. And then because I still had the charcoal side lit for the speedies, I just used the charcoal side, stuck the corn over that. And again, you're only going to want to do 30 to 60 seconds aside here just to kind of start caramelizing the sugars in the corn. It's already cooked at this point, so you don't want to go overboard here. So make sure you're paying close attention to that. As I said, I really, really love having this grill just because, like I said, you get the best of both worlds. If you just want to fire it up really, really quickly and like, you know, barbecue some chicken or whatever, it's no problem to just kick the gas on, fire that bad boy up and throw some drumsticks on there. And actually what I did not long ago, and it's one thing that I always have done in the air fryer ever since I got it, is just coat them in olive oil and just some salt and pepper. And that's one of the things, especially when you're basting stuff, and I completely blanked on this the first time I did it on this grill when I got it, is I just started hitting it with the barbecue sauce right away. But you don't want to do that because you're going to caramelize all that sugar and it's going to burn. And you're basically going to be left with just charred everything that you're making. So I would actually recommend, like I did it the last time I made chicken. Oh, it turned it out so, so wonderfully. Just a little bit of olive oil, just brush olive oil on there periodically and just a little bit of salt and pepper and just kind of keep coating it as you're going. And then, you know, chicken drumsticks, you're taking probably about 25 to 30 minutes on the grill. And then, you know, in the last couple of turns, when they've got about five minutes left, that's when you brush on the barbecue sauce. So that way you're not burning it and it stays nicely, nicely coated. Steak on the grill. I absolutely love doing ribeyes on the grill. I did ribeyes over charcoal for live stream for the cure. Oh, just brilliantly, amazingly, just juicy, smoky, and delicious. I do them for roughly now Rebecca eats hers medium, so hers are on there for a little bit longer. So hers are probably like three minutes aside. I like mine mid-rare, so mine are usually on there for more between two to two and a half minutes aside. Obviously, the less time you go per side, you're definitely going to get it a little bit more rare, so keep that in mind. If you want it like around a medium, yeah, like I said, for Rebecca, I usually do between three and three and a half minutes. When I did that skirt steak, because it's so thin, I literally had it on the grill. Like, it took longer to light the charcoal and get the grill up to temperature. The steak, I think, was only on there for about 90 seconds aside. Like, it ended up, like, on the rare side of mid-rare, but... I mean, the heat is so high, especially from charcoal, because when you have a charcoal grill, you control kind of where the charcoal bed is, or at least in the one that I have, you can lift it up or lower it down. So when you're doing something like searing steak, you want to lift it up. You want that heat source as close to the meat as possible because you really want to get a really good, strong sear on it. But when I do chicken on that side, I lower it down because I want the heat to be a lot slower and I want it just to kind of keep imbuing that smokiness into the chicken as it cooks a little bit more slowly. Speedies, though, speedies usually only take probably about six to eight minutes. 
I mean, they're not very big in the first place, but then, you know, they're drenched in salted marinade. And then the heat is so high that they're so small that they cook right through in no time flat. It's kind of amazing. I love it. Burgers, I usually apply the same philosophy that I do for steak, but I'll probably keep them a little bit further away from the heat source and give them a little bit more time. I usually will eat my burgers around mid. Uh, you know, I don't really like to let them go like rare or mid rare. And, you know, I mean, of course, ground beef, you can always, depending on where you get it from, make sure you get it from a safe place if you're going to eat it any lower than that, because, of course, you're taking all those ground up bits or, you know, if you have a KitchenAid mixer and you have that meat grinder attachment or if you just have a meat grinder of your own, grind your own meat. Just grind your own. It's perfectly fine. I am most definitely not a grill master. I mean, I love, I've, and I'm always the guy that, you know, whenever I would go to friends' houses for cookouts, I'm usually on grill duty. You know, I love doing it. I absolutely, like, just love being behind a grill. And I kind of take pride in just preparing a lot of food for people, especially in like a bigger setting, especially in like a party setting. And now that things are opening back up and people are getting vaccinated and everything, you know, those bubbles can start to expand a little bit, which I'm so, so thrilled. I'm so, so happy for. And I think that's absolutely wonderful. I literally, I can't wait to have people here. We've got a beautiful deck here and we have that amazing grill now. So I can't wait to roll that bad boy out, fire it up and just throw some amazing food on there. Let me know on social media. Get at me. Let me know what you love to grill the most. And if you really want to, send me some recipes. I am always, always, always looking for new recipes and new things to chuck on the grill. And I know, like, I'm going to get so adventurous this season with throwing different things on that grill. Like, I know grilled watermelon is a thing, grilled pineapple, different things like that, like unorthodox things that you wouldn't necessarily normally think of. I'm definitely going to do it. I'm definitely going to use them in that regard as well. We have run out of time for this week's episode. Next week on the show, chocolate waffles. I made some keto chaffles during live stream for The Cure with Trisha and Shauna, the wonderful ladies from Two Girls on a Bench, and I wanted to make a version of them for Rebecca and Avery for breakfast, and so I took my buttermilk waffle recipe, and I kind of transformed it, added a few things, took out a few things, and transformed it into a chocolate waffle batter, and it is amazing i made a homemade whipped cream to dollop on the top i'm telling you it's like i can't even describe it properly in words it was so 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 incredible i will tell you all about that next week on the show but season two is here and i am so so thrilled thank you everybody who picked up the show during the break and you know listen back if you listen to all the episodes if you binge through all the episodes or whatever you did maybe you picked and chose maybe you only picked and chose this one if you did welcome i'm so so happy to have you here i love you all so so much i really really appreciate all of your amazing support and like i said this season is going to steamroll all the way through the summer and into the fall and should end somewhere probably i would venture in mid-october in the meantime, make sure you follow the show over on social media. Subscribe to the show on literally every podcatcher under the sun. I am on it, and if I'm not, let me know. I will get on it. I cannot in words express my gratitude for you taking the time to listen to this show. So I hope that you have an absolutely amazing week. Take good care of yourselves. Love each other. Be good to each other. And thank you so much for coming on this journey with me.